So, yeah, Team No Sleep or whatever the show is, 127, 126. Let's just call it the new show. Why get hung up in numbers here, there? Why bifurcate? You know the guy who gave me that line killed himself, actually, not too long ago. Uh, and not and not having anything to do with COVID like a year a year ago. I think he ended up being like a, uh, a, uh, like a big wig at Goldman Sachs and couldn't. And the occasion on which he spoke those words were at, at an orgy that I wrote about for Ozzy. I went to when I was a freshman at college. And uh, somebody said, hey, dude, filling his name, come over here. And he goes, here, there, why bifurcate? <laughs> I don't know. I go easy using words like, uh, like bi at orgies, but whatever. No, welcome to the show. I'm trying not to wake the kid up so I'm not being my usual bombastic self. Yeah, so I got a, like a just over two-week-old kid sleeping in the next room in my modest 
1,020 square foot household. <laughs> so, um, so uh, let's get the commercials out of the way. Um, I, I've been getting these panic, continued panic emails from uh, uh, Patreon, but all your people know we're going to change the tax. I think they're just taking, they're taking a bigger tax bite. So if you want to give money to the show and don't want to deal with, I mean, I, I got Patreon initially, so I didn't have to think about it. And they're making me, a friend of mine got arrested for prostitution and, and, and drugs. And one of the things they said as a condition of her probation, I guess, is that she go to, she go to uh, N.A. And she goes, great, cool, fine. Go, how, when? She goes, every day. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Every day, you have to go to a meeting every day to kick your addiction to cocaine. She goes, listen, I was taking cocaine to, to keep up with my relationship because I didn't want to ruin my relationship. If I go to a meeting seven days a week, it's going to ruin my relationship. I can kick without it. I don't, it's just coke. I can stop using it. So she stopped using it. And, uh, and of course, the story had a sad and tragic end, sort of, because once they get you, they say, well, you know, you do something for us. You got to, you know, we did something for you. Now you got to do something for us. And uh, so you're the only you're the only white chick we have working in the South Side. This is in Chicago, so we want you to go undercover for us. Sting operation. We're gonna bunch of bust a bunch of uh, 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 massage parlors. And she hated being a snitch, but she didn't want to go to jail. Again, the relationship thing. So she started working these massage parlors, turned them in, and uh, folks got arrested. Got arrested. Anyway, as you have might have correctly guessed. This is a massive digression. The point, the point, the point is that uh, if you don't like giving the Patreon, and uh, and I, I got them initially because I don't want to have to think about them, but uh, you know you can go to pinko nine five zero one four at yahoo.com and uh, and send me some money PayPal. I'm currently involved in a dispute with a guy who helped me build some of the stuff around here. I, you know, I may have talked about an old show. Put up four shelves. One of the shelves came down, almost killed us. I said, well, you got to fix it. He fixes it, charges me again for the shelf. I go, oh, bro, bro. I paid for shelves, four shelves. I got three. I'm concerned that you're doing, he goes, hey, we follow the directions. I go, you got to understand. I think that 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 response is completely inadequate. The guy goes, well, I don't. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll pay you what you're asking to put up a fourth shelf twice. But I got to go into all of the social media and I got to give you a new review. And the guy goes, do what you got to do. So I go and I get, I, I use quotes from his email. I say exactly what happened of him washing his hands of the whole thing. Like, hey, I don't know. I did not. I said, what, what about if the flooring you put, it starts to peel up? Hey, man, I don't know where that wood came from. Not my responsibility. So finally, people start to click on the reviews and they say, was this review helpful? Yeah, his son calls me. And says, hey, you know, can we get, you know, and he sees I'm a reasonable guy. Well, can we, you know, give you a break on future work? I go, why would I want to have you do any more work? This feels very weird to me. I feel very uncomfortable with this thing now. I can't trust you. And he's like, well, okay, well, we refund. I go, I'm here, man. You got my PayPal address. Send me, send me the money in PayPal. So the guy doesn't respond, doesn't respond. Several, <laughs> several months go by. We'll get to MMA in a second. Several months go by. The guy contacts me and he says, hey, uh, you know what? Oh, he actually responds to me in public on Yelp and says, 
hey, uh, you know, I would be glad to give you a refund or credit for future work. And I go, that's the same offer you made months ago, and yet you've done nothing. So I, I've got to guess that you're doing this for public relations sake, just to look good to the public. I should let you know that since then, more stuff that you worked on has gone screwed. So anyway, that's a long way of saying pinko95014 at yahoo.com. If you want to PayPal some, some cash for the show, understand times are tough if you don't have it. Uh, you, you could join, you could join uh, a guy Goldberg and stiffing me. It's up to you. Or you can just keep let it ride on patreon.com slash the stomper or stomperville. I can't remember which. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Now, you know, we, we've made this parallel between, between MMA and, and drugs because clearly if you're here and if you've been here for any length of time here specifically in the show Stomper, formerly Knuckle Up, you, you're a fight degenerate. We are. So, um, and, and, and the most accurate indicator is for me is a, titr a titration one. Like, you know, like Henry James at the end of every chapter, not Turn of the Screw, one of his other books, he would he would recalibrate and he'd go, well, what did I learn? And and you know, a, a friend of mine and I we started to do this kind of in, in with narcotics. You know, if every time you took narcotics, the next day you didn't learn anything, you were wasting your time. And a friend of mine thought, man, I've had such good trips on LSD. So he moved to Arizona, and he goes, oh, these guys have some LSD. I'm going to go hang out with them and take LSD. It'll be great. And then he realized if you take LSD with stupid people, you will have a stupid time. I say this to say there are plenty of other post-fight shows, but this is the only one where you will not have a stupid time. I don't say it'll be helpful or sane, but it won't be stupid. So if we want to analyze the fights based on, on, on uh, how we uh, analyze drugs the next day, did we learn something? We also have, let's start with the conditions for which we might learn something. How you feel? When I used to take uh, Kempo Karate, before they would test you for your belt, they would give you like two hours of, 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 of cardio. Sprinting, running, push-ups, two hours, because they wanted to make sure that, uh, well, you know, because it's a scam, but they also wanted to make sure that the stuff that you were pulling out was stuff that was really embedded in your memory bones. So I wake up this morning, yeah, it was thunder and lightning in California. It was kind of exciting, a little bit of rain. I thought I was hallucinating, but I wake up this morning and I don't feel good. I don't feel good like, like, I, yeah, exactly. I don't feel good like, unlike, man, I had such a good time last night. Man, I fell into a K-hole. You don't know. Not like that. That's too good of a time. Yeah, exactly. In the juniper bushes behind the 7-Eleven, we're watching anything. But I feel I don't feel good. And I start to think of why. And I was remembering a time when I was in high school. And, um, uh, you know, I was the serp I went to a specialized high school in New York City. You had to take a test to get in. And I'm not going to bore you with this long detail. You can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. But the thing is, you, you know what fractions are, right? So when I learned about fractions in, you know, seventh grade, fifth through seventh grade, I'd always seen them written like this. One over two with this. A bar. 
one over two, three over four. For those listening on the radio, I'm drawing the horizontal bar with a number above and a number below. On the test, they used a virgule, which is a slash. And they put a number here and a number there. I was completely baffled. I'd never seen that before. Didn't know what it was. So screwed up the math portion of the test. Right? So I missed the, the uh, even, even with that, even with that, it was so strong in the English portion that I was within five points of the cutoff. Now they have a special thing for five people, five people, five points within the cutoff. The special thing is that you get to go to summer school, right? So I go to summer school and uh, at the end is, and I do great, I show up for everything, but then there were fat fingers of collusion working. And a guy named Barry Glotzer, and I don't buy him putting him on blast, who was, who was in the math department at Stuyvesant, uh, talked to the teacher uh, for the English section who loved me and who, who I had aced, but who was a teacher from a crap school who was trying to get into Stuyvesant to cook up this thing like I didn't, that I didn't do any of the work and show up that I was a truant. Complete lie. Anybody, I never missed a single day of high school, sick or not, didn't play hooky ever. That was always it. Like I, I'm always on these shows. I've done the show from all over the place. So I, I, I'm going to get to the end of the story. Great <laughs> patient. So, um, so they, they said, oh, you can't get in there. You never showed up for class. But that's a complete lie. I got, I got, I got, I got subway talk. I got proof that, hey, you know, well, what they didn't know is that this, uh, this little lone black kid that they thought was unaffiliated was very, was very affiliated. They got a letter within hours from the Manhattan bureau chief. His name was Percy Sutton. He says, uh, we understand that there's a disagreement here between you and the young Mr. Robinson. And I go, they let me in. Six months probation. So, you know, the guy's got to maintain a, an A average, 90, you know, 90 above. So from the start of my time at Stuyvesant, I was nuts about it. It's a competitive sport. 95, I was killing myself. I was like, my mother had to eventually at some point say, look, why don't you do any girls you like? Why don't you go outside? I mean, God, I don't have time. I can't, can't. So I beat the six months, but then I got into this competitive thing because I used to give awards. You got to get gold awards at the end. I want these awards. But I was weak in math still. And this thing in my head from the time before. So one report card I bring home and I've got like, 97, 95, the top being 100, 94. And math, which is like calculus and trigonometry, is really hard. That was about 15, so maybe it was geometry. And I got an 89. And I showed a report card to my mother. And she goes, 89? What's this shit? She throws it on the floor. <laughs> she'd be, she, I don't know she'd be digging me to tell you a story, but this is a good story. This is what made me what I am. So I picked up the report card, and I never cursed at home. I don't really curse that much now, unless I'm steamed. And so I pick it up, and I'm close to tears, and I go, so in other words, all my grades are total shit? Go upstairs to my room, bend down, pick it up, go upstairs to my room, sit down. You know, maybe I cried, maybe I don't. I don't remember. I was upset. 
I think I did. I was crying because I remember my sister came in, you know, uh, uh, my oldest. She's younger than me, but my oldest sister. Actually, she's my second oldest sister because I got four. She just stood next to me. I was at my desk just sitting there like this, and she stood next to me, and she was probably about five. She just put her hand on my arm. That's it. Didn't say anything. And then my mother came up a few minutes later, and she said, listen, and uh, she said, I'm sorry. But you realize that 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 uh, that you got to work twice as hard as everybody else to get half as much. You got to you got to you have to make it impossible for them to deny you. They will they they will try to deny you. You cannot have them deny you. And so it, so it comes from this is come to a place of love. And I said, yeah yeah, I got you, mom. I got you. And it didn't stop. You know, I I I, I mean, no, she stopped. But it, my desire to win didn't stop. Now, I was not valedictorian. I came into that place salutatorian, second smartest kid in the school. Uh, um, but, you know, Stuyvesant, you got Brian Green, you got Lisa Randall, you got bona fide world geniuses there. But I never felt bad about it. I maintained like a 90 average the whole way through, got into all my college choices. Didn't feel bad. Well, you could say, Eugene, you didn't have much to feel bad about. It's true. You know, but we're all stars in our own dramas, and we have these ways of seeing ourselves that kind of kind of affect everything. All right, what's the precy? What's the summary? What's the plot of this movie starring you? What's the narrative that you feel comfortable with that you're working with? It wasn't for me. I'm the guy that always gets the eighty-nine. It was the same thing that led me into the first pages of the fight book. Fighting guys who I got no business fighting, who even as they're beating me, I'm saying, I'm better than them. Sure, they're sitting on top of me, grounding and pounding me into oblivion, but I'm better than them. What is it? What? 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 Oh, so, so you took me down and you mounted me. Big deal. It's like the Black Knight of Monty Python. Come over, I'll bite you to death. It's just a skin wound, a flesh wound. You cut off my leg, you cut off my leg, you cut off my arm. And this is where you get back to the three-legged dog thing. You cut off the leg of the dog, even if you're the one who cut the, who cut, <laughs> who <laughs> cut the leg off that dog. If you were the, and like a week, a month later, that dog is happy. I was like, ah, you know, I got three legs. I'm still alive. I say this all as a prelude to, 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 to try to figure out the stinking, bad, sinking feeling that you have, it's probably largely as a result of, of Daniel Cormier and Miocic. Now, if you listen to last week's show, I called my shot. I said it was Miocic. He came in Vegas, odd underdog. And if you're watching like I'm watching, you're watching the packages and they're putting together and they're, and they're, they're, they're providing a narrative for you. DC. And we said, you know, I like nothing better than a guy who's going to crap on somebody's birthday cake. In this case, Stephen. But listen, you understood like somebody was uh, one of my Trump guys was arguing with me about Trump. And he goes before the last election, he goes, he's got a 50 percent chance of winning. I'm going, ah, you're crazy. You're crazy. He goes, no, you're crazy. If two people are running, he's got a 50 percent chance of of winning. I go, oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Even more so with the cage. Out of the things that we knew, 
we knew somebody was coming out of that cage a loser. Right? Somebody's coming out of that cage a loser. I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. DC sure as fuck shouldn't be surprised. But why was he surprised? Well, let's talk about uh, Cal Sanderson. Well, they gotta work. They gotta work with DC. He's he's a work he's a workmate of theirs. Yeah, listen, he's a friend of Knuckle Up. He was one of the first big names that ever appeared on Knuckle Up, and he couldn't have been more more than gracious. He doesn't know me from Adam. I was a voice on the phone, and I used to see him. He was coaching at Gilroy, and I used to see him when my girls were wrestling at competitions. Seemed seemed a little full of himself, but not in a bad way. Was available there in the people, among the people. But he had that little the sheen on him, like, yeah, yeah, like I'm the guy. It's all right. I'm not one of those hide your light, but you, you shine, you, you hide, hide your shine beneath a bu- your bushel. I don't know. If you're really good at something, God love you. When I got my belt from Grappler's Quest, I wore it. It came through the post office because Brian could have didn't have it at the time. Like, I got to display my ball, send it to you. All right. Showed it up. I opened it up at the post office. Everybody's cheering. Put it on. Walked out. Look at that idiot walking out. You know what? If you got one, you understand. And if you don't have one, I don't care. Life has few moments of just out and out good feelings. And if you got your hands around one, embrace it. So DC has a 50% understanding that he's going to come out of that thing a loser. I mean, what, what I'm learning from this COVID thing is how ill-prepared everybody was. This, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, the, the eye poke was insignificant. And he's complaining about the eye poke. If you get a doctor in there, or you complain about not getting the five minutes, or you complain about a doctor not getting there, because the doctor says, can you see? And if you say you can't see, the fight's over, you lose. If you get the five minutes, and at the end of which the doctor says, can, can you see? And you say, you can't see, the fight's over, and you lose. If you act like you can see, and you go on, and you lose, you can blame the eye, of course, but you're going to lose no matter what. And the reality of it is, what happened the second round happened before the eye poked, before your eye got poked. Uh, it, now, if we're talking no contest, we're talking we're talking who is it? Who is it? The uh, who is it? The deaf guy who uh, Matt uh, uh, who technically beat uh, Johnny Boney Joni. Matt, what's his name? Uh, I love this guy, and I can't remember his name. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. You know who I'm talking about. You think that guy's walking around talking? If he's got a sense of humor, he is walking around talking about having to kick Johnny Joni, Johnny Boney Joni's ass, even though distinctly, uh, yeah, Matt Hamill, thank you. I remember them raising his hand as he laid, laid on, the, on the canvas with his, you know, staring at the roof of the church, and it hurts. <laughs> so, so, so uh, all I know is that Matt Hamill and his wife were swingers. I don't know how I came by that information, but there you have it. Um, so, so DC is shocked, surprised. I understand 100% being disappointed with the outcome, but it seemed to me that there was somehow that this was some there was something out of kilter with the response. 
And then I realized, I realized what it was, was the, uh, the narrative. The, the movie that he's starring goes back to Kale Sanderson. The always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Every time I get close to the brass ring, and, and, and you know, I, I, it always me, that minor threat song. Um, I'm sick and I'm tired of your whining, complaining, and bitching at morning. Boo fucking who, says Ian Mackay in what song? I can't, it's a minor threat song. I can't remember. But uh, um, this narrative is one that you can't shake. And it smells like a, a, a rotten perfume. And I'm not talking about his specifically. I'm talking about whatever narratives that you have. Somebody tried to insult me once by saying, face it, Eugene, if it was going to happen to you, it was going to happen for you, it would have already happened. They're talking about my, my, my time with Oxbow and music and musical art and books and whatever. <laughs> I laughed in his face. I was like, oh, really? Because he was grossly misinformed about what it meant. Does it mean I want to live next to Ellen DeGeneres? It does not. It means some of you have gotten my book. Some of you have actually read the book. That's it. I, sob story. Thank you. I have made it. My aspirations are, are modest because I understand one fundamental truth. That it, that brass ring is capricious. And you got to shake yourself loose from it. I, I don't know what to tell DC. I really don't know what to tell him. He's a competitor. He kept this, he kept this shit together. You could tell he was working hard to keep this shit together. So he, they, he didn't have any, you know, crying memes. I don't give the guy a hard time for crying. You want to cry? Go ahead and cry. Cry in public. Do whatever you want. Not World War II that way. But you knew it was going to happen. And on top of that, um, on top of that, the fight itself was slack. Sorry. On the Care I Don't Care preview, both John Nash and Steph told me I was out of my mind. It was a great fight. And I said, okay, you know, we've seen great fights. Don't even start with me. This was not a great fight. And then they hit me with a proviso. They said, in the heavyweight division. And I go, yeah, JDS and Rosenstreet was more exciting to me than this one. So, yeah, because there was violence. And I go, no, nah, no, I appreciate what I saw when I saw Stipe, but I also know why Johnny Boney Joni was tweeting and texting as fast as he gets get his hands to his phone. Because the shots that 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 that, that he was hitting uh, Stipe with that actually seemed to wow. As far as I, it was Vegas pick'em. DC could have won that fight. He was close, didn't. But those were shots that just rolled off of, rolled off of Johnny Bryan Jr. Of course, he would want to fight this guy. Of course, because he's got six months to work on his boxing. Yeah, it was. That's and that's ultimately what I said. I said, "Yeah, great is strong, good. It was fine." But that's like if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I'm having a good, great. I've been told I was going to have a great meal. I have a good meal. 
And right as I'm about to pay the bill, the jukebox comes on. It's Tom Petty. And I won't back down. And I won't back down. Oh, God. And he's upset. And I go, man, something terrible. Did I miss? You know, if he had just, is this, what kind of, look, I understand the guy being a sorehead. But leaving the cage, getting straight to the to, to the comment corner, not acknowledging Stipe. Is this the message of good sportsmanship? You teach your wrestlers? You're a 40, 40, 41-year-old fucking man. Act like it. Act like it. You know, I know I don't I don't know what to tell you. And Stipe is, uh, you know, he, he did a little bit better, but that, and then today, you know, people are allowed to talk crazy up until Wednesday, but uh, but today he was complaining about something. He's like, yeah, yeah, you got you guys treat me like shit. It's like, what is this 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 epidemic of crybabyism? I, I I don't understand it. Shoulder your burdens without complaint because nobody cares. Easily. Easily. <laughs> Easily. The guy had an 80-inch reach to like DC 72. He had eight extra inches. That's like having a fist on your fist. It was slack from every and all. Still enjoyed it, but it was a dull fight. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe the hype. So he's a star of his own movie, but the narrative that he's been working with stretches all the way, all the way back to Kel Sanderson, and I guarantee you, probably a little bit before that. My, my narrative is very much like a Max Cady. If you don't know the film reference, it's Cape Fear. I can outthink you. I can outfight you. I can outfuck you. What do you think about that, counselor? Uh, and, and then in the speech, what does he say? He brings in, he starts to talk about, he starts to talk about the Johnny Boney Joni thing without mentioning his name. And of course, you know what he does? It's like, it's like a, it's like a Sally Field. It's a kind of a derivation of the Sally Field. You like me moment. You like me. It's a rare display of vulnerability where his head opens up and you can see right into the top of it. And he's con clearly conflating what happened to it, just happened to him to the Johnny Boney Joni thing, maybe going back to Carl Sanderson. And it's always me. I always get the short end of this thing. I, I don't have any patience for that. Think about that three-legged dog. And it's like, oh, Eugene, you see, you, you know, you got, <laughs> oh, look who's here. Look who's here. In Archer, I got the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when do you guys go on, man? Yeah, I know I'd say I show I'd show up to help move equipment, but yeah, why, but we've talked about this before where the mine whining goes from Iron John. You know, the toughest guy, I, one of the toughest guys I know. Yeah, always something, man. Abraham and Strauss. You know, one of the toughest guys I know said, Hey Eugene, man, me and some guys, we're gonna go out to the woods, we're gonna go out, you know, camping. You wanna come with us? 
I go, yeah, man, that sounds this sounds rough. That sounds cool. What, what are you guys, what are you guys do when you get out there? You go hunting, or you? He goes, no, no, we go out, light some fires, cook around the food, you know, and we do a lot of praying and then talking about, you know, our fathers and some, you know, if somebody wants to cry, it's okay, you got your brothers around you and we all we all hug it out. <laughs> Man, you you know, this is a big tough guy, so I wasn't gonna mock him to his face, but I'm not going to the woods with a bunch of dudes so till I can hug and cry. This is a derivation that Iron John shit from the 80s. And yeah, okay, or Rosie Greer from the 60s, where it's all right to cry. Yeah, I agree, it's it is all right to cry. Even big guys do it, but you know, you gotta understand nobody gives a shit, which means that you shouldn't either. I remember my mom when I was playing uh, uh, competitive basketball, which I hated. And she was like, you know, Gene, some people get so into the game, when they lose, they they cry. And I was like, huh, maybe I'm going to try to get that into the game. And I lost the game. I was like, (sighs) I was trying to, (laughs) I was like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck those guys. They suck. We're better than them any day. Meant more specifically, I'm better than them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, man. If it was just out and out homosexuality, I'd have been all right. Hey, cool. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to massage your sausage, but uh, whatever. God love you. Do whatever you want. But this crying and hugging and hugging and crying. So now the two guys, the toughest, the baddest men on the planet, are both. Stop it. I mean, Johnny Boney Joni, say what you would about him. He's never thrown himself a pity party that I can see. Or that he expects people to take very seriously. To whom, to whom, what is the phrase about to whom much is given, much is expected, something, something. Now, like some, like I had a woman, she said, she said, actually, she would dump a man. If your mother dies or, or your child, something really terrible, that's fine. Anything else, you're out. You have to be the court of legal. And I'm not saying strong and sorry. I'm not saying any of that. But you do realize you just got paid like a million dollars to play. <laughs> like Harley Flanagan once told me, jujitsu fighting is something I do with my friends. So yeah, okay. If I give it, if I give you Wednesday to keep talking crazy. Let's just, just chalk this up to talking crazy, and then we'll see if after Wednesday everybody's still playing the violins. But, it, you know, it left me with a stink. Like Dave Chappelle once said why he won't get high with black folks anymore. He goes, I get high with black folks who just talk about their problems. He goes, I get high with white folks who just talk about other times they got high. I disagree with Dave Chappelle. In fact, the guy who I was talking about who went to Arizona and took LSD, he's African-American. 
And the guys that he was taking LSD with in Arizona were white. It just, you know. So, you know, I mean, Chappelle's a comedian. He's making a joke. I got you. But these guys, they both, they both had, they, they had these great moments, and then they just shit all over it. So that's why I feel stinking. I'm, I'm not, den- I'm not denying, I'm not denying Daniel Cormier the full range of emotional expression. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying what's clear, what's increasingly clear, is the way he's thinking about what he did and what he's experienced is like that. That, that report card getting thrown on the ground. Let's see. Light motif, cyclical callback. He went to the Olympics. I haven't gone to the Olympics. He got a I didn't get a medal there. He won the Strike Force Grand Prix. I didn't win the Strike Force Grand Prix. He held both belts in light heavyweight and, and, and heavyweight for a period of time. I, I get it. In other words, you know, he's he, this 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 mono monomaniacal focus on the one thing you can't have shits on everything else that you, that you know. Everything else that you actually did have, that you could have had, that you that you, that you had your hands on. Everything else, it just shits all over it. Leaving me feeling very much like I want to be sitting at my desk crying. You did this to me. There's a certain amount of resiliency, uh, resiliency that that was his 89. Exactly. This is that you got to go back home. What you got to, I'm not going to tell a guy how to raise his kids, his families, or how to coach his team. But the most valuable thing that I could pass on to my kids is this, and what I got from my mother was a sense of resiliency. You know that shitty shit that just happened to you? That shit? Like in a clockwork orange where he says, now comes a sad, weepy part of our tale. <laughs> yeah, you guys are funny. Now comes the sad, weepy part. That I, I I think of that line often. Whenever I've faced what really substantial indignities, and I don't not one of those people who says I'm not because I say I'm so philosophically solid that there's nothing like an indignity. There's nothing an indignity is in my mind something that you deserve better than. I, I'm okay with you thinking that you deserve better than. I've worked for people who I knew I was better than in every regard. And yeah, I'm working for them. That's an indignity. I understand. I understand indignities, but I don't expect, I would never voice this. And I don't expect anybody. I did one time and it was embarrassing, personally embarrassing and rankling to me. And I will never again repeat it. You know, it's right now and the next moment. All that stuff before, yeah. So, uh, and I think Stipe loses to Johnny Boney Joni. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like the speech said, what was the speech in uh, 
a lady from Shanghai, that great Orson Welles movie. He goes, you know what an edge is? When you got something the other guy ain't got. You got a 50% chance walking out of that cage a loser. How'd you not know that? Now, going, I'm going to go through a little bit of the card, the rest of the card, but I, I, I just can't, you know, I just, uh, and, and, and they're trying to pull dude back in. Oh, do you see? And they know they can do it because they know they can prey on what's his biggest, his biggest Achilles heel, and that's this, this ego thing. That the, the desires to paper mache over the original hurt that's caused him to have this narrative. I'm no, I'm no armchair psychiatrist, though I'm sitting in the armchair. But you just, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you have to realize it's this and not this. Those just listening on the radio, not a linear, a cyclical. And you are the one who drives that cycle. Or as Yates called it, gyre, G-Y-R-E. But whatever, this is the age. This is the age of crybabyism. So who am I to say? Who am I to say? Stop crying. God, keep crying. But I'm watching. Judging. And find you wanting. Because you could be happier. Not because of what it does to me, what it does to you. you you're really going to be happy at everything you've been uh, unhappy, everything you've been blessed with. All right, what can I tell you? Now, uh, uh, Sean O'Malley, and I picked Sean O'Malley to, to win, and, and he lost. And the guy, okay, the guy, uh, the guy who, um, where am I here? The guy who, uh, it's all a big jumble in my head, right? So the guy who beat O'Malley, what was his name? Come on, don't make me look this up. Vieira? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me call, let me find it. Let me find it. Where is it? No, uh, no, no, that's it. Nah. Cheeto Rivera, thank you. Thank you, thank you for saving me from looking. He was done dirty with his previous fight. But then after the fight's over, he's like, ah, yeah, I did the thing, the thing, the thing, you guys, you fucking slept on me. And it's like, I remember I, I was uh, competing at uh, maybe Purple Belt or something like that. And uh, I snapped the guy down, snapped him down, got him with a single, took him down, moved to side control effortlessly, and then all of a sudden my entire left side out. I thought I was having a heart attack. There's video of it. I just stopped moving. Now, what I had done earlier that week was move a piano. Not by myself, but with somebody who wasn't as strong as I was. The piano started to tilt. I caught it, and, uh, whatever, I pulled something. I couldn't do a push-up for like eight months after. No strength in his hand. I had to do him leaning against the wall. And the guy who I was going against started celebrating. And I wanted to say, what the fuck are you celebrating for? I got hurt. I get injured there. You, Which means that you got lucky. There is nothing that you did that bespeaks of higher quality jujitsu. Zero. But yeah, gotta take it on, gotta take it on, take it, take, take it, what's the expression? Like a man. 
but I'm grousing in my head. <laughs> I'm grousing in my head. And the guy says, excuse me, sir. We're in the same age division. The fact that he calls me sir is, is shocking. He goes, could you come over and meet my wife? And I go, oh, unexpected turn. <laughs> well, sure. And his wife is on the stretch. She's jumping up and down. And she's not altogether unattractive. And I was like, all right, this party is going the right way. And, she, and he goes, honey, this is Eugene Robinson. And I was like, uh-oh. And she reaches through a purse, pulls out the fight book. It says, could you sign the book? And I was like, all right, all right. So, you know, ego gives and ego takes away. Indignity granted, indignity removed. But I never trust a guy with, a, with a, an O in his record. I think he's just been a, a recipient of very careful fight picking. And if Cheeto wants to feel like he beat Sean O'Malley, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me tell you something. If his foot is permanently screwed up, then yeah, you could be the guy. I would be the first to say if it were me, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Um, uh, I'm the guy who, um, what do you say? Are you, guys, are you guys actually fighting in the comments while I'm doing the show? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is, is that what's happening? Well, you got to know, Oxbow style, we tend to be more like Black Flag. As long as it's an even fight, I'm not going to stop the show. You guys do whatever you want. So, um, so it, you can tell people you beat Sean O'Malley. Like Matt Hamill could tell people he beat Johnny Boy Jones. But I don't know. And I'm also happy to have somebody's, somebody's uh, um, uh, uh, birthday cake shit in. Sean O'Malley would be much more interesting to me at 13 and 1. And Sean O'Malley at 13 and 1 would be much more interesting to me at the second go around with Cheeto Rivera, which I was kind of meant to begin with. He got hurt. I can't watch the video because, you know, I think that if I watch the video of an injury, I'll get the injury. I'm sh and they kept trying to show it to me, and I don't want to see it. I stretch my ankles before I get out of bed in the morning. Because I'm terrified of rolling my ankles. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Sean O'Malley. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether it was a knee or the foot. I, I don't want to see it. I couldn't watch too closely. But I think he'll be back. And, and the, look, uh, the look for him, um, the look for him uh, is, it, it's a better, he undefeated him. It's just. You know, this is why when who's the cat who everybody uh, who's fighting at, at Insaya? Uh I I can't even, the, the Ricky Ricky the roided out Ricky Martin as Israel calls him. You know, I, I I think the guy's got major holes. A friend of Knuckle or uh, uh, a known associate of Knuckle Up, uh, Jacare Souza. Big holes, big holes. I would see you always hand, have his hands too low. I know because I watched the fights and I'd be like this. Ah, uh, uh, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Yeah, like he slipped or something. So whatever. You know how he took it? Stoically. Stoically. 
Now, JDS was making was making a good old college try, uh, taking the Gallaudet General's uh, mantle. It was a leadership struggle, deep, deep into the mist of, 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 of the pile of wood. And if you if and I don't say I don't say that JDS I don't say that JDS is is finished. You can be in the midst and not be finished, but I say he's finished as a heavyweight. Lose the twenty three pounds. Yeah, the mustache was nice, but and I mean, who you can't stumble with heavyweights. You cannot. Because even if the second and third shots are glancing blows, whoa, 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 whoa. And then also getting up from under 265 pounds, nah, man, it's not happening. Not with any kind of quickness. So finally, Herb Dean stopped it a little sooner. I think actually Herb Dean stopped it at the perfect time. Because you didn't see JDS complaining. It allowed both men to leave the cage in a way that I thought was honorable. I felt good after that fight. Yeah, he's never been. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not been the same fighter after Kane. And at least now, finally, he's talking about. Oh, I gotta think. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta think about my future here. None of this. None of this. The, they got the belt. None of that. I gotta think about my future. Okay. Finally, I don't know whether it was bravado. I don't know what it was before that was fueling it, but I like I like how you're thinking now. Sensible like. All right. So um, and, and I mean it doesn't mean anything. It, it could be that you know he gets to Wednesday and goes, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm he, that he does a Eugene Robinson. But the thing about the Eugene Robinson is that it's immediate. While I was getting beaten by Rosenstrick, I'd be going, that guy's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's got, oh, oh, he, he that, ooh, that was something. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's making a lot of money, but they're not going to, see, that's the thing. They're not going to keep paying him that kind of money. So what they're either going to do or, is give him somebody that makes him retire off of that money so he can make the decision himself, or they're going to start cut, cutting the amount of money they give. I, 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 it, it's a bad look. He can't. Paula Costa, thank you. That's the uh, that's the guy I was thinking about. The, the, write it out, Ricky Martin. So, um, you know, I, I, what can I say? It was painful, but it was. Uh, I think it was one of those messages. When he was doing all that crazy talk before, and everybody was kind of looking at each other uncomfortably, like they didn't really know what to say. Yeah, when I gave it, that okay, it was this was the message that people could just kind of stand back and let it be delivered the way it was delivered. As he sat there, his back against the cage, looking up at the jumbotron, thinking like, like Peggy Lee. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? That's all there is, my friends, and let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze. Yeah, he's getting money. Okay, so uh, Herbert Burns, I picked against uh, Daniel uh, Pineda. 
Only thing I have to say about that fight, the fight that he missed weight for is uh, actually Hojo Gain. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, about that. The cat pissed on the chair, so I finally got a new cushion, and the new cushion is higher. But the table, I raised the table too high, so I got a I got an uneven chair thing going on here. But uh, uh, and Joe Hojo Gain says something really sensible. Outside of I'm moving to Texas, so I don't have to pay taxes. Have you been to Texas? I spent a lot of time in Texas. I like it, but I'm afraid of Texas. And not for the reasons you think. Get caught in your first rainstorm in Texas and then let me know. I have never been scared of weather. I was scared of weather in Texas. That stuff coming off the of, off of the Gulf. Oh yo 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 yo. I felt like I was uh <laughs> I don't know my reach. I d I don't remember. And I don't know if reach is from fingertip to fingertip, um, or from end of fist to end of fist. I, it should be from end of fist to end of fist. Yeah, I've just been out with Waco, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, uh, El Paso. I've been a lot of time in Texas, and the rain there is terrifying. Absolutely. I was driving in it. I felt like I was dry. I did not know whether I was underwater or the only reason I knew instinctively that I was not underwater was because the van was still driving. But that, yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, he's got 130 mil to think about. But he could also have gone to Nevada, where they also don't have it. Yeah, I felt like I was in a submarine where they had a uh, where they don't have any state income tax. But Joe said this is the difference between competitive jujitsu and MMA jujitsu. And what Burns was doing was 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 fight using his jujitsu like somebody who does a lot of IBJJF competition. Which is why I say, you know, these guys who, you know, you get these gym monkeys who are always competing. I say, yeah, yeah, okay, I dig you. I got a wall full of medals too, but you do realize I'm still kicking your ass. We go for a street fight. I think they're gym athletes. They're guys who do great in the gym. You know, one of the great joys of my life is watching street fighters fight, like real street fighters. If you, like I said on the care, don't care, if you had a sense of how much Hojogain, how much cash he has access, ready access to at any given point, it would be like those guys on the, in the cartoons on a deserted island where they're starving and one guy looks at the other guy and sees a hot dog and then the other guy looks at the other guy and sees a hamburger. You couldn't look at, you couldn't look at Jogain and see anything other than like dollar bills if you knew. The man from news radio to Fear Factor to his salary on on for the UFC to his stand up comedy to the 130 mil he got from Sirius uh, for doing his podcast from his garage, fingertip to fingertip. All right, so we'll do it. We'll do it. But nah, nah, nah we I fought the first guy. <laughs> Sorrell got me back. <laughs> Sorrell got me back. I was making fun of him for getting his ass kicked by David Malazzo. And he says, hey, how'd your fight go with Chris Sanford? Chris Sanford was on the first season of the Ultimate Fighter show and beat me from pillar to post. Well, he knocked me out at the end of the first round, but so much so that I could come back 
in the second round, and uh, and uh, second round he choked me out, mercifully choked me out. We're friends to this day. But so Chris Sanford was how much? How much did he weigh? He was like he was like Daniel Cormier to my Miocic. I was two forty five at the time, and he was probably about two twenty five, two twenty. That was my first fight. That's a good point. Across the chest or across the back. I guess it makes a difference. So, uh, yeah, Tommy will know. So, so, uh, um, so Herbert Burns, you know, sorry, bro. I, 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 I expected bigger things from you. John Dodson, I knew with Dodson. Guys are gift of the highest order. I, I, met, I had such big hopes for him, and I think his – Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, fantastic guy, fantastic fighter. But I think he could have beat him. Dodson, I mean, the thing about Dodson is that he's like, yeah, he, he, he takes it in a way that I wish DC would. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But it weighs on him. It weighs on him and it weighs on him. But, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, Mayor uh, Delavishvili, um, that guy, that guy, refused to sit down between rounds. I really want to know. I'm dying to know what his cardio routine is. When it, for a guy's cardio to be that good, I, I got to know. I got, and with the amount of muscle that he was sporting, yeah, okay, yeah, the guys with cats 130, one, however much he's way down on that weight scale, and I haven't been since I was 13 years old. I, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know how to get to. So if you could fight, if you could fight as strong in your 15th minute as you did in your first, you, you'd be a killer. And, and I believe he is. Uh, um. So let's see what else. Jim Miller. I picked Jim Miller over uh, 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 Vince uh, Pichel. Didn't work out for Miller, but Miller is all right. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And the smiling thing feels false to me with with Dodson as well. <laughs> uh, uh, Felice Herrick was on that uh, uh, Paige Van Sant thing. We're like, oh, oh, you want to, you know. But the thing that she made me do is care about Vienna. Vienna. Because that was some solid, solid jiu-jitsu. It was really, ooh, sweet. But the feet crossed, the people from low. It was nice. It was very nice. Danny Chavez, 14 years in this game, his first MMA thing. He looked so sharp. And I didn't get into the fight. I missed the first fight. They got the fight of the night. I got in the darkest and Parker Porter, who everybody's good, saying, just say it, call him Porker. I'm not going to make fun of the guy's weight. So much like Martin Scorsese's film, The Departed, your perception of how this how this drug went was completely determined on that last kick. And that last kick was a freaking downer. <laughs> it was a downer. And the thing is, you know, I mean, what happens ultimately, ultimately, you is this going to affect his earning potential? Simple, simple. Power of association. 
you feel it radiating from him. Like Dave Chappelle said about uh, uh, Charlie, or like Charlie Murphy said about me meeting uh, Rick James for the first time. There was an orange glow around. There was an aura. Now, only some of you have met me in person. The picture, the photograph that I used was one of you showed, didn't even know I was going to be in Calgary. You showed up. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna, I can use a screen name, Moochie Mambo. I had no idea I was going to be there. Says, oh, man, I listened to the show. I showed up. It was just like mm, the aura, whatever aura you get now, same. But maybe I'm not facing these moments. My temptation is to give the guy a break and say, Maybe I'm not facing these moments where I'm discovering or being or being exposed to killing truths about myself that are hard to take in one swallow. And I was like, oh, really? Anybody who's of the world and in the world has those daily, daily, daily. When you got to call a credit card company and say, hey, uh, uh, I can't pay you on the 31st, but I think I'll have some money in the second. So can we change it so these Dunning letters stop so I can pay you in the second? Daily. You got cats running around who are trillionaires now. I don't know what their world is like, but they're not complaining about being able to date Jenny Nussbaum. And I mentioned Jenny Nussbaum because Jenny, Jenny Nussbaum, it's really kind of important and significant. She was in that summer school that I went to. Jenny Nussbaum wasn't the most attractive woman by any stretch of the imagination. And at 14, what do I know? But at 14, I had had an amazing run of luck with girls for a 14-year-old. What Jenny Jenny Nussbaum did for me is to is to is to, is to, she was like the only girl in in the class in the summer school class who I felt some sort of affinity for, and I was like, yeah, I got her. And what Jenny Nussbaum did for me that was really special was she didn't give a shit whether I lived or died. It's completely average-looking woman. Well, I mean, everybody went to my school was 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 really smart, quite smart, but didn't have a really aggressive sense of humor. Didn't seem to be as. I mean, there wasn't anything really. I liked her, but there wasn't anything super special about her. I want a baby wake up. You can hear the background, and then she she just stiff armed me. In the movie, in the movie of me. Starring me, how did I make sense of that? I had to make sense of it in a way that the narrative wasn't, I thought life was this way, and now I discover life is this way, and then cyclically I'll be chasing this for the rest of my life. So that, you know, that when, when I asked Slavka Corduba to go out to see Santana three nights in a row and she re rejects me all three nights, I don't have to say, hey, it, you know, this is personal. I don't have to feel bad or weird. I don't have to cyclically carry this with me. And when inexplicably I I, I get stalled or, or, or crapped on or dumped my freshman year, I don't have to carry that narrative with me of like me, Eugene, the band, I don't have to. 
don't have to do that. Like Jim Kelly said, siempre in delito. Well, he didn't say siempre in delito for my friends who speak Italian, straight, always in this direction. Or like Jim Kelly said, I'll be too busy looking good. I do, there's no percentage to take in focusing on the negatives. Unless your negative is like, remember that cave over there? Hey, remember when Jimmy went in that cave? Remember when Jimmy went in that cave and that bear guy, Jimmy? Yeah, I remember that. Don't go in the cave. Daniel Cormier went in that cave. Daniel Cormier could have come out of that cave the same Daniel Cormier, but the problem is he came out of that cave the same Daniel Cormier. Re-upping on that narrative, I'm always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Why couldn't I get this? You know, I rooted against John Elway forever. Because in, we were at Stanford at the same time, and, and I, I saw this guy, I saw him. I, what, what is life like when you've always got everything that you've ever wanted? I can't imagine that. I can't imagine. I was at Stanford at the same time as the guy. The guy, I was, I had to steal sneakers from the Goodwill bins. I had to steal blankets. I had nothing. I was breaking into the eating club, stealing. I'd stuff in the dark. I'd get home and find out that I had a, you know, a four-gallon can of sauerkraut. Most of you would go, ah, fuck that and throw it out. i go, sauerkraut? I got it. I got it. Eat sauerkraut for a month. Elway had everything. And so when he kept losing the Super Bowl and not getting the Super Bowl, I had this kind of animalistic delight. Because finally he was getting a taste of it. But he wasn't. <laughs> because Elway wasn't focused on this narrative of Elway as like, I can never get that. I can never. Elway was focused on the narrative that he had been exposed to, which is like, it's just a matter of time. That's how good I am. Well, that's probably why I'm still alive, the sauerkraut. I'd ride up on my moped with a big, hefty garbage bag and just in the dark, take stuff off the shelves and get back. Say, oh, what do I got? Whoa, sauerkraut, relish. I had to hit the condiment shelf. I couldn't hit the roast beef shelf. I had to get the condiment shelf in the dark. That's true. That's well. Before I got the rotten food out of trash, there's a there's a there's a there's a stop on that on the way station there. When you're in the university environment, you just show up places, sit down and eat. Are you a student? Yes, I am. You have a meal cut? Oh, I left it in my other suit. So you know, good fights on the card. Yes. <laughs> you remember the grass seed? That was the summer of 84, my friend. Summer of 84 in a shack, in a one-room shack on Park Boulevard, about four miles from where I am right now, eating the dead grass. That shit wasn't, that wasn't cool. Living in a van. <laughs> Sky blue 1966, 1965 Ford Econoline super van with a spotlight on top. Without the, the merciful ministrations of my friend Albert Chang, who let me use his shower periodically, uh, I'd have been a mess. I guess I understood the women who dumped me then. Who would have thought that I would have raised myself from all that privation to the state of extreme poverty that I'm in now? 
Anyway, I, I don't know. Sunday morning quarterbacking, I don't feel so great about UFC 252. And not because of what I saw on the cage, but because, because I want to help Daniel Cormier, and I, and I don't know what this sport is helping. The thing is, I know he'll bounce back, and I, and I know, I know he, he'll be an insightful and, and contrib- functioning, contributing um, you know, a, a, a commentator on camera with a real enthusiasm for the sport. He'll keep doing what he's doing at Gilroy dedication my kids last year of uh, lola's uh, high school uh, wrestling career was scotched because of coaching screw-ups and snafus yeah I, I, they had some so they were playing games at his house and when they pulled out you could see his house from above i go no boo 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 that's a compound don't make the evander holyfield mistake that's something you need to remind yourself if you're ever going to get into real estate you might have just enough to buy the house, but remember, whatever you pay for that house determines the property tax you're going to pay. So if you spend your last nickel in a, a nice big spread, remember, you're going to get you know, hit with a $12,000 annual uh, property uh, real estate. You got to pay it. Slap a lien on your house. You got to have it. So you got to make at least that. He should be able to do that easily, comfortably. Having three kids, sending three kids to college, or something else. <laughs> exactly, Marty. Marty G. <laughs> Marty G. Is exactly right. You know what is it? The systematic re- denial of the reality of experience, or or that maybe it's just that I'm a visionary. Like I see things that aren't there. <laughs> it's all part of my MMA fantasy. It's all part of my MMA dream. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't know. The, the pity, uh, principal interest, tax insurance. Yeah, I guess they build it in if, you're, if, you're, if you have a bank loan. But if you don't have a bank loan, you just say, I'm going to go, I got two mil, I'm going to pay two mil, and pay it, and then you hit you know, a cyclical downturn. Anyway, my point is, my point is that uh, I understand what drove the guy to championship heights, but it, actually Marty G is the one. He mined, he, he was mining me. And, and he was like, where, he goes, look, right in the center here is a shitload of happiness. And then Marty G turns his back on the happiness, and then he's miming me, looking around, but where's, Where's all that happiness? Where's it? And somebody once said that to me. Actually, Andre K. Brower. He dropped the K from his middle name, which stood for Kathleen. And I'm sure he'd be angry if I if I told you that. And that's why I told you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. But that's if you get a bank account. But what do I know about real estate? I, I, I don't. Know. So Andre K. Brower. Uh, uh, our Andre Brower, as he's now called, who's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I was moaning and groaning publicly. I haven't always been the stoic that I've been, but generally, you know, I was talking to my friends, I was moaning and groaning about some girl or another great belt. Which happened a lot when I was at, at Stanford. Well, not, not a lot. Well, yeah, I guess it did. But see, I guess, see, the thing is, to get dumped by four women, you also had to be taken up by four women. 
So I got friends who were at Stanford at the same time. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm open. Hey, it's like guys on Wilt Chamberlain's team. I'm open. Here I am. I'm open. They've all 100 points. I got the other guys on the fucking team with you. So I was moaning and groaning about some woman who was dumping me. And he was like, what are you? Stop it. And he essentially took me by the shoulders in that Marty G mime and turned me around and said, look at this. Look at all of, all these blessings that you're shitting on as you moan and groan about this insignificance of this thing happening over here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's right. He's right. Or like James Chance once said, or like I said on my angry life coach guy on TikTok, you can find me there. At, I think it's Mr. Eugene S. Robinson. There's a million of them. There's just one of you. It's my pep talk for you, DC. I got nothing else, man. Thank you for being a friend of Knuckle Up. Thank you for many years of uh, aggressive... Uh, You know, I hope at some point that you have enough distance from this to realize that uh, that there's one of you. I think we'll get over it soon enough. I hear beeping. Something's about to put. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Whether it's one, somebody helped me out in this con. The comments is this one twenty five, one twenty. I guess I'll get June. To, June is great on this. She'll set me straight. I think it, this is actually 126. So I got it correct. I think maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the end of the show. Uh, Monday afternoon at uh, usually noon. Steph go Steph or June goes live with the Care Don't Care preview. The fight next week, Edgar Frankie Edgar Munoz. Uh, out of fifteen fights on the card, I only cared about three, so I'm probably not going to be watching it live. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. One twenty six. Thank you. Uh, so Monday is the Care Don't Care. Tuesday, uh, John Nash is stepping in for Kid Nate on uh, If the Shoes Fit. And this week, if you follow me at Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, uh, I got a brush with fame, true story, about my time with uh, Starsky. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> Some of you have heard the story before, but it's different to see it in print. So, But if you follow me on Twitter, I'll tweet it out, and you'll see it, no, no biggie. I think I have other stuff, but I can't remember. The Twitter thing is the best way to get it. If you don't like my political sympathies, ignore those, but read the Aussie articles. Genghis, I'll, I'll get to you. I don't like to read stuff during the weekend, you know, because it's work, you know, that. but I have no doubt that I want your story. I'll read it on Monday. I'll let you know. Ah, my nose. So I think that's all the housekeeping. Now, all you need to do is make it to next Sunday. That's it. And for those of you who give a shit, who know from other shows, my birthday is coming up. Do not mention this on any kind of social media because I don't need 10,000 people on the Facebook feed telling me happy birthday on my birthday. 
I got it. It's enough that you just say, you use use an emoji, the emoji that goes like this, and I'll know what you mean. <laughs> we don't have to mention it. It'll be our secret. People don't need to be known that. Dude, I got the bottle of wine. Cat delicious from Tbilisi. Thank you. I'm hoping that you didn't inject it with poison. If I don't make it next week, it's the cat from Tbilisi who killed me. Maybe tonight, but then I have a little sip of it. Thank you for sending it. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. The kid's awake so I can bust loose with, Look what you made me 